Hello, welcome to Stoner Chicks Podcast, the podcast for stoners by Stoner Chicks. I am Phoebe Richards. And I'm Stephanie Thompson. I'm Grace Penzel. And I'm Kayla Teal. Thanks so much, everyone, for joining us again. We love being here talking to you. Right, chicks? <laughs> and I am high AF right now. Ooh, I'm AF. high AF, too. I'm smoking a great new strain called Candy Queen. Ooh, I like that Candy name. Candy Queen. Yeah, it's yummy. Mm, she sounds yummy. <laughs> Thanks. Are you talking about me? <laughs> Or the you candy and queen. Your mistress, your tree mistress, Kayla. The mm. candy queen. Well, today <laughs> we have kind of a special episode, I guess. <laughs> Only kind of, I guess. It's Only kind, of, kind guess. of, just a little bit special, <laughs> if you had to say. We have talked about, I kind of think for the about since we started this podcast about all of us wanting to watch the show Aquafina is Nora from Queens and we finally set a date to watch x amount of episodes and now we have done it <laughs> my typical procrastinate manner uh, I procrastinate procrastination instead of getting shit done you masturbate I procrastinate. Um, <laughs> wow, I love that, actually. <laughs> Me too. It's kind of a little too true for certain times of my life. <laughs> but I thought since we've been, she's been referenced in the la- in two of the movies that we have talked about in Stoner Movie Book yeah, Club. she's been I in two of them. This, it's true. This is high time <laughs> 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 that we, uh, I think, watch these. So I thought that was awesome. Yeah. So we watched the first five episodes of season one. Season two has just started airing, so we highly suggest you check them all out. And we're going to be talking about our thoughts on the first five episodes, almost like a special TV edition of Stoner Movie Book Club, in a sense. Stoner Movie TV Book Club. Stoner Movie TV Book Club starring Aquafina. As Nora from Queens. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand the title. Is Aquafina is Nora from Queens? Is the Aquafina is part of the official title? Yeah, I think yes. so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which cool. is awesome because it's like, this is Aquafina's show. And it really is. She's the, she's a fucking star. She's a goddamn national treasure. I can't say it enough. Truly. And she must be a real life stoner chick. I mean, her character. Oh, of course. Oh, I'm pretty sure the show is loosely based on her actual life, and she's the producer. But we're going to get into all of that (laughs) soon. But We're just chomping at the bit over here. I know, we're chomping. But before we get into our discussion (laughs) of the show, once we really let ourselves chomp into it, I'm going to do a fun segment on the history of weed on television. Weed on television. So, <laughs> uh, to get us started, uh, I used an article that I found to really shape all of my research on this segment. And that was uh, a Film School Rejects article 
titled The Evolution of Cannabis on Television. And it was written by Jacob Tressel. So thank you, Jacob. You helped my research a lot. The first time there's really any recorded mention of marijuana on television that I sort of found in the zeitgeist was starting in the 60s. And at this point, really within pop culture, I suppose, the only real weed examples was from uh, movies from like the 30s that were all making marijuana seem like you smoke it and then you go crazy and kill yourself. Uh, So those were kind of the only examples. And in 1961, the Andy Griffith show randomly has an episode where one of the characters suspects someone of being shady and says they might be growing marijuana or other illegal crops. And then it's never brought up again. But this was a big deal in 1961. And apparently the writers had a big had to really fight in order to be able to include that because marijuana was just never mentioned. But honest, that's a pretty innocent mentioning. What other illegal crop would you have? I suppose. I don't know. Not, I mean. Tobacco? If you don't have a license? Is that how that worked? Yeah. Who knows? Cocaine field? A cocaine field. Yes, of course. All right. (laughs) Proceed. Then in 1967, Dragnet had an episode that went, that really pulls from the hysteria of propaganda in 1930s weed movies uh, in which a character there's a couple in the episode that smoke weed and most of the episode is them arguing that it's fine to smoke weed and they even make arguments like it's no worse than drinking alcohol it just relaxes me similar arguments in some ways that we would still make today in good faith however then they get really high and forget about their baby. And there's an incredibly oh, no. overdramatic scene. And I'm going to play you a clip of it. Of course, the audio. But then you stoner chicks can watch it. This is the Dragnet finale of what happens when you smoke weed. Where's your daughter? I don't know. She was with Jane. Baby belongs with its mother. Don't you people know where your baby is? Jane. Where's Robin? Where's little Robbie? Robbie. Robbie. Where's little Robbie? Who? Robin. God. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the child has drowned. It is in a bathtub, and there is oh, a horrible scene of them pulling the child out and crying. And the dragnet and the other guy with them are like, "We're gonna be sick." <sighs> so that was sort of the uh, on television how marijuana was portrayed was pretty much not at all or horrifically. Then the 70s came along. And interestingly, this was 1972 is when Nixon declared the war on drugs. But it seemed that outside of him saying that culturally, marijuana in the 70s became much more mainstream and it was being decriminalized 
uh, 12 states decriminalized it in the 70s, and it started being advertised a lot and was kind of moving into uh, kind of interestingly more where it was like, yeah, just a thing people did. And so there was uh, a show called Sanford and Son in 1974 has an episode where they lace the food that they feed to cops. And it's just played as very funny. The cops get high. They're all kind of freaking out. But nothing really bad happens. And then there's also a show called Barney Miller that I believe is about cops where they all accidentally, the whole precinct, like accidentally ingest pot brownies. And same, it's just played very funny. (laughs) Cheech and Chong, of course, came out in the 70s -hmm. as well, which really defined that trope of like, you know, the dumb stoners. But it's all, it's played for laughs and harmless and kind of makes you feel like, oh, weed is just fun. So that was happening in the 70s. While this was happening, and I'll say this research made me very fascinated to learn more about this. But while it was in the 70s, there was a lot of marketing for weed that was happening. And it was very unregulated, at least according to some of the articles. I didn't look deep into this. But that's when High Times Magazine started. And also there was uh, like board games. One was called You're the Dealer that was about dealing weed. And a Frisbee called Busby Frisbee that came with a pipe that connected to it. So you tossed (laughs) the Frisbee and the tagline was, you can puff, puff, pass. That's awesome. Take my money. Take (laughs) my money. I want it. Wait, you could smoke out of the Frisbee? The pipe would disconnect and reconnect. So you would put it into the Frisbee and then toss it, I think. That was my understanding. I didn't look at pictures. Brilliant. I oh, know. my God. Holy guacamole. What year was it, that? In the 70s. It uh, seems between 73 no, to 78 word. is when all the decriminalization was happening. And like I said, about 12 states. Mm-hmm. I know New York and L.A. were two of them. I didn't look mm-hmm. beyond that. Um, and, yeah, that's there was just all these things being pushed and it started some movements of like concerned parents because a lot more children were smoking weed and in some ways sound similar to some of the cigarette stuff. But then also like it's hard to say because it's hard to know if what I'm reading is true or it was just people freaking out like they say about things and children really weren't smoking weed all the time. I don't know. Anywho, then we get into the 80s. And that's when we get Reagan. And then things really started getting pushed that the The war on drugs then was taken and made into a real war. So the 80s brought in, of course, the D.A.R.E. era, uh, Nancy Reagan's Just Say No campaign. And then Reagan started the Comprehensive Crime Control Act and also the Office of National Drugs Control Policy, which just basically made that everything that had been decriminalized became illegal again. And there was departments like in charge of overseeing federal laws for drugs. So then in this time, the Just Say No thing became really big on television. And it's interesting because it kind of went from marijuana being a thing that would be casually mentioned to like in the 80s, it was just all say no to drugs. And weed was always one of those drugs. Mm -hmm. But it was just always like drugs Mm -hmm. are bad. Drugs are bad. And then weed would be in it. There's a really funny episode of Punky Brewster where she has like three older girls come hang out in her treehouse And they bring this little tin of joints and, like, different colored pills. And they're like, it's just some nose candy and grass. It's very funny. Uh, And then that nose nose candy and grass. Yeah, like they're in a treehouse just with their little (laughs) tin of pills. and. It's just nose candy. Don't be such a wimp. (laughs) I kind of wanted to party with those (laughs) 13-year-olds. Then the 90s started, and right at the top of the 90s, there was a cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue 
TV special that was made and it was starring like a whole bunch of cartoon characters all singing songs about how to say no to drugs and the lead is like a boy who gets addicted to marijuana and then steals his sister's piggy bank and like the there's like a ghost of addiction chasing him to try to take him over <laughs> and it has tons like Bugs Bunny, the Chipmunks, Garfield and I will say I was a little offended because I don't think Garfield gives a fuck about smoking weed. No. I'm just gonna say I don't buy it when Garfield's telling no. you not to. <laughs> Garfield is the biggest stoner of us all. No one is as big of a stoner as Garfield is. Yeah. Right? Am I wrong? Garfield cares about one thing, and that's getting high and eating lasagna. And hates Mondays. And he hates Mondays. And we can all relate. Stoner Cat. And that special had an introduction that was George Bush and his wife, like, giving it. And so then it's interesting because then we get into the 90s and the 90s starts having way more mentions of marijuana. And you sort of have a twofold where there is the because the 90s was also when, like, TGIF Friday family shows and, like, Saved by the Bell were really big. And so they kind of continued to do the quote unquote, like, dare, just say no. But it always became very, very weed based which i kind of think is because those shows probably considered it too risky to talk about the hard drugs Mm. so they would just always make it about marijuana saved by the bell did a bunch of episodes their saying was always there's no hope with dope (laughs) Ew. Mm -hmm. oh boy but then also in the 90s you start getting more shows that are doing episodes that are kind of like yeah we all smoke weed like roseanne has an episode where they all smoke weed and they all get dumb and it's funny but it's clearly presented as like not a big deal you have freaks and geeks which was in the mid 90s yes And they have an episode where the lead, Lindsay, smokes weed. And while she does, like, kind of regret it and decides she doesn't like it, it, it's very low stakes, right? It kind of also – and, like, in that show, all all of the stoner – or all of the freaks smoke weed anyway. Um, But, yeah, in that – so it's still, like, yeah, while the lesson is still there that she kind of doesn't like weed, it shows that it's really not a big deal. It's more just not her thing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the 90s kind of has that, like, warring. They both, the kids' shows were still, like, Seventh Heaven in 2000 still has an episode where they make this really big deal about weed. But then you start having the entrance of cable shows like The Sopranos. And so then everything kind of opens up and topics that normally weren't on TV shows start being a lot more common. And so then we get the show Weeds, which in some ways could be seen as a huge breakthrough because it's all about marijuana. But I would argue it really does nothing to break any of the stereotypes of weed. And also, like, the lead character doesn't even smoke weed. It's about, like, the crime and dangers of being a marijuana dealer. It's also around that time that we sort of stop seeing the shows that have all of the the big life lesson about why smoking weed is is dead like by 2000 you don't really see that anymore and my favorite of all of the shows i found that had the little ending message about why weed was bad was the show dinosaurs and i have a clip from that and this is their little ending after an episode where all the characters become addicted to weed and stop working so these are prehistoric dinosaurs start smoking the grass (laughs) i fucking love dinosaurs yeah got it you see folks drugs are a major problem in our society thanks Drugs ruin lives, divide families, and lead to heavy-handed, preachy sitcom episodes like this one. Of course, we manage to keep it delightfully funny and upbeat, but other shows aren't so lucky. There's an epidemic in television today that threatens the very fiber of the comedy we hold so dear. When one show does an anti-drug episode, other shows feel pressured to do one, too. 
now they're even going after the younger shows. I mean, we've only been on for a year, and here I am talking to the camera. So come on, say no to drugs. Help put a stop to preachy sitcom endings like this one. It's up to you to make a difference. And the end. I just thought that was like a really <laughs> funny take on say no to drugs wow. so we don't do preachy endings. <laughs> that was uh, so preachy. Yeah. And then as you get in towards with Obama and right before weed was being legalized, then all the shows like Family Guy does a bunch of episodes on legalizing weed. And then we get Broad City and we get High Maintenance, which is another awesome stoner show. And those are shows where weed is just pretty much normal and there's not really any pushback and it doesn't really show any negative consequences and i feel that brings us to nora from queens which another show where there's characters who smoke weed but there's not really any propaganda involved at all and that was my version of weed in television weed in television I think my first exposure to weed comedy probably was that 70s show. Me too, Mm -hmm, for sure. For sure. That was a huge one in the late 90s. That was kind of right as it started switching over to where it was a little more, like around the same time weed started. Wasn't Tommy Chong in the 70s show? Yeah. Yeah, Tommy Chong is in that 70s show. He plays the stoner neighbor. Is he their neighbor? He's just their weird older friend. Has he ever (laughs) not been a stoner in anything he's in? I don't think so. No. I don't think so. Well, I, I feel like know, he always shows up as seen. kind of him, you know, as a stoner. That's true. Don't know. I'm sure when he was doing sketch comedy, he did more than just stoner stuff. But once he started getting roles, I mean, he le- he really leaned into it. And if you if you follow him on TikTok, him and his wife have a really funny TikTok. And it's all about weed. It is. Pretty much. And I love it. I've seen it, too. Uh, I, the one for me was Freaks and Geeks. That's what you mentioned, Phoebe. I watched that in high school. And you learned a lot about weed? I didn't learn a lot about weed, but it just kind of normalized it. Even though I wasn't smoking it at the time, it was like, I really related to Freaks and Geeks. I've probably, if you guys have listened to this podcast, know that I do not relate to a lot of high school movies. But Freaks and Geeks, as a high school experience, I totally related to. Agreed. Just Love it. Yeah, well, that's remarkable. And awesome that there is one the only thing that speaks to stephanie is freaks and geeks and now i believe we should take a smoke break well i hope you guys had a great toke break we are back here and we're going to discuss Aquafina and Nora from Nora from Queens, and <laughs> Nora from Queens. I was the perfect one to introduce this segment. Uh, actually, I did. Uh, Aquafina has been, like I said, she's been in two other of the movies uh, in our Stoner Movie Book Club segments before, and I have never heard of her prior to watching those movies. And I immediately kind of resonated with her character and just kind of her presence and like was just drawn to her and was really excited to see what she had to offer and was really happy to find out that she got this Comedy Central television show where she could kind of do this autobiographical, semi-autobiographical show on her life kind of growing up in Queens with her dad and her grandmother. So Aquafina was born... 
Nora Lum, and she was born in 1988 in Queens, New York, and came up with the name Aquafina, I believe, when she was in high school as kind of an alter ego that she had to kind of her performance kind of alter ego that she wanted to have. And she was um, really interested in rapping at that time, I believe, and doing those kind of creative pursuits and making YouTube videos. And that's, I think, how she got kind of noted, like how people got kind of discovered her. And she did a music video with Margaret Cho and she was guesting at a lot of shows and then she did some movies, but now she's huge. She's won a Golden Globe for that movie, Farewell, yeah. The fa- the Farewell. The Farewell. Have you I seen that? I have not that? seen it. I literally just found out about it doing research about her and... It's so good. I um I cried so hard during that movie. It looks like, it's like one of those beautiful, beautiful family movies where beautiful. it's just and she's I think the first Asian American woman to win the Golden Globe in a lead actress category. So that's pretty revolutionary. She's also hosted Saturday Night Live which I think Lucy Liu is one of the only other Asian women to do so. She's just uh, she's uh, breaking barriers, and she's really fun to watch and really exciting. And this was, I think, all of our first times watching Nora from Queens, and I really enjoyed the show. It, it really reminded me, actually, a lot of aspects of Broad City, but there are some other aspects pulled in there. But I... <laughs> there's like I, I bitch about not identifying with high school stuff. I really identify with aging mm-hmm. millennial like layabouts. Because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> that is literally my life right now. So I, I loved it. <laughs> yeah. It it's is. so yeah, good. So the whole sitcom's kind of just she's a twenty, she's twenty seven, right? And she twenty seven isn't working, mm-hmm. has dropped out of school, and is just living at her dad's, her single dad, because her dad's a widow. Er, and, and that's his biographical. Mom. Yeah, yeah, and that's it, yeah, the part that's based. So yeah, yeah, it's very much the joke of her. She smokes weed, and is that is that pretty? What would that? What would you call that? Like regressive juvenile tendencies that is kind of been a staple of comedy but especially is like the millennial comedy is such a big thing is that yeah i I think you described it pretty well (laughs) (laughs) it's a stoner it's a stoner comedy through and through like yeah she's one of the only stoner characters i've seen that almost exclusively vapes yeah big she's always vaping weed (laughs) yeah big vapor (laughs) <laughs> big vapor. She has uh, big vibrators. Oh, Huge has... vibrators. <laughs> yeah. So did I get this right? In the second episode, she goes to Atlantic City with her grandmother. And at the beginning, she's going to masturbate and then gets interrupted. And then at the end, is she masturbating on the bus? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. Absolutely. I was really high and falling <gasps> Absolutely. asleep or, like tired. And so I knew the episode was ending. I was like, oh, it's over. And then all of a sudden, I was like, did I just... Was did I get that right? Which <laughs> makes this the second or third time we've seen something with Aquafina where she masturbates yeah. in public. <laughs> like one of her personal tropes. <laughs> it's great. Which I'm... if you're at home, don't do it. I mean, I personally <laughs> would not suggest masturbating in public, but 
Although, That's I don't know mean. if in the no. stall of a bathroom is the same as in public. I still wouldn't suggest it because I really don't think that sounds enjoyable, but you're hidden. I don't know. It's a weird, it's it's a weird, <laughs> funny thing. Yeah. It's a funny moment. Uh, but no, the show opinion. noir from Queens. The show noir from Queens that we are discussing, I laughed out loud a lot and I watched all the episodes alone and that's mm-hmm. a pretty big like to have laughs loudly escape my body so I think the writing in Nora from Queens is some of the most excellent comedy writing of the last decade personally that is that is my feeling um, in terms of the jokes per minute is like incredibly yes. high mm-hmm. There. there Every single line is so fucking funny. And also, I think the acting mm-hmm. is incredible. Yeah. The All casting of... was amazing. Whoever they got to be, I, I don't know who the actress is who plays her grandmother. but she... Oh, the grandmother is Lori Tan Chin. She is. And she uh, was also in Orange is the New Black. Oh, that's right. Uh, she's so she's fucking funny. so good. And then B.D. Wong is Wally, the dad. Yep. And I... I fucking love B.D. Wong. I've been a fan of B.D. Wong since Jurassic Park when I saw him when I was like fucking 10 years old. He's and he's just been one of my favorite actors. And so it's good to see him in a comedic kind of role because that's not typically what, he, what you see him in. And so I just... Uh, I f- and then Bowen yeah. Yang plays her cousin. Yeah. Bowen right. Yang is and excellent in so it as well. in it as always. He's very uptight. Very, he's kind of the the reflection of her at, as successful. So she's feeling unsuccessful, and her cousin is wicked rich. And and he plays that character so well, <laughs> just like so aloof and like scathing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of talk about butthole bleaching. <laughs> yeah. And oh he's very gosh. elitist. It is like kind of too to her that kind of condescending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, although yeah. I would say it's a show that I think really has that, which I which I kind of call like a current thing that's popular in comedies, which it, it has a really nice center. So they, they do a really good job of having scenes. Like there's episodes that made me cry and where the family all comes together. And even though he is condescending, they show moments of like real love between them where they're being really nice to each other, which is always nice because it has all the jokes. But I think at the core, it's like a really nice family relationships yes yeah oh they all love each Mm -hmm. other so much and when we were talking about tommy chong earlier i was like oh he bd wong calls her tommy chong he's like is my daughter tommy chong she's smoking at 10 (laughs) a.m oh and then there's the episode with 420camgirls.com where her yes her roommate or her friend friend or or she's crashing at her roommates or something well she moves out of her house in defiance from her grandma and dad kind of beating Mm -hmm. down her neck or whatever or breathing down her neck and she goes and says oh i have this rich friend who's a powerful lawyer or whatever and i'll stay at her house but it turns out that she's actually a cam girl 420 cam girls how she makes her money so how did we all feel about this? After looking at this setup with the 420 Cam Girls, how are we feeling about our own endeavors? I think we could be making a lot more money. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Because she's like twirling a baton <laughs> and wearing like little kids costume. I, I Okay, I'm going to throw this out here. Uh, listeners, would you pay money to watch me? 
Stephanie. <laughs> Smoke Stephanie. weed in a bedroom wearing a yeah, sparkly lobster outfit. Um, I'm also eating copious amounts of corn dogs. Um, Let us know, listeners. Write to Stoner Chicks. <laughs> if you would pay money for that, I will set this up. This is now an open auction. How much and how many you corn pay? dogs must she eat? I, it doesn't matter. I'll eat as many corn dogs as you want me to. I love corn dogs. My personal favorite episode of the five I watched so far is the fourth one, which I should have written down the name, where she is her car has been towed and she needs to get it out. And she goes, she finally gets a check that she can use. And when she goes to try to get it out, they're like, we don't take a check. And then she goes to the bank and she doesn't have all of the necessary like IDs and paperwork she needs in order to open an account so she can cash her check. And it's that whole and she can't find her social security card. And I relate so hard. I, I finally feel in the last few years I've gotten better at this. But I feel so many of my struggles in life are based on trying to solve a problem. And when I figure out how to solve it, it just leads to, oh, no, you actually need this, too. And then, oh, in order to need that, well, then you're going to need this thing you don't have. So I always relate so hard. And she has her little what she calls her business box. I don't know if you guys remember this, where she's like, I'm going to check my business box. And she looks through, like, where her important papers would be, but only has, like, pogs or something. And I literally, (laughs) when I was in my 20s, tried to start my own, quote, unquote, business box. It was a little filing envelope that I was going to keep all my important papers in. And every time I would look in it, I would never have the important papers I needed, but I kept my garbage pail kids in there. And I'd always be like, ooh, my garbage pail kids from my childhood and look through them. So when that happened in the show, I was like, oh, my God, it's me. (laughs) It's like your business box just has the stupidest things. But, you know, I'll never lose those. I'll always have my garbage pail kids cards and the stupid love letters from my 17-year-old boyfriend. Priceless. (laughs) When you were also 17. Yes. Not just, my social security card or my food handler's permit. Those I lose, but. <laughs> yeah, I related to that, too. I remember, tr- like, just trying to get a license and not having all the rights shit and all the stuff that they don't teach you in school. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you're an adult and you're like, who was going to fucking tell me I had to do this shit? I've uh, had an idea, but I don't like young people. But I've had this idea for a job where I'd run an uh, after school program where I teach all the stuff they don't teach you in high school, like, you know, how to do your taxes, how to apply to an apartment, how to do, how to change your oil, how to change a tire, you know, the things that just like practical things. And I'd have that and I'd charge parents, I don't know, the thousand dollars. And I would have 15 students that's $15,000 with a three-week course. I like that you have this plan. <laughs> this... I mean, I have I have a know, plan. That that helps, but it doesn't really help in an equity way. But that's a different conversation. <laughs> that is a different conversation. This is just me trying to this have money. This is you money, trying to make money. Yes. So charge parents to pay you to teach their kids the things that they're not going to learn in school. That, they, that the parents... Yes, it's like yes. driver's ed. It's like driver's ed. But life ed for life lessons. Stephanie's yeah. life lessons. I, my problem with that is that incorporated. That means they have their parents have money, and so they're going to be paying people to change their oil. Their I'd whole have life. scholarship. I'd have scholarship <laughs> programs. Okay, there you go. Right, charge the rich people and then set up scholarships. I got you. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. with you there. Also, though, I I think this is a brilliant plan. However, if I was like sixteen and someone tried to teach me about taxes, I'd be like, boring. Go away. No, Kayla, yeah. I would make it so fun. 
Well, I can't wait to watch Aquafina's character. Yes. Yeah, we all grow and change and figure it out just like we're all growing and changing yeah. and figuring we it out. We all seem to really love the show. I mean, I'm, well, we all seem to. We do. We've been texting about it and then being like, oh, we can't talk about it yet. But highly suggested to everyone. <laughs> I I was pretty blown away by how funny I thought it was. I'll be honest. It was so funny. I also loved seeing B.D. Wong because I think of him as from yes. Law & Order, which is like such a serious fucking role. And so to have him kind of be this like sort of laid back dude mm-hmm. is just so sweet and nice. I also really like how she's a nerd in it. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy that. She's just r- really such a huge dork. She has like flames mm-hmm. on her car and she plays one of the episodes is about her playing a game that's basically Stardew Valley mm-hmm. with like middle school boys. Anyway, and she won a Magic the Gathering tournament yes. when she was in fourth grade and she has a whole dramatic monologue about her final match. And I paused it, called my partner in and made him watch the monologue because he's a Magic the Gathering And it's like player. the thing her dad's most proud of her for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it's tender. Mm-hmm. I like the relationship between her and her yeah. dad and her grandma. And I'm excited for the relationship I think they're setting up between the dad and Jennifer Esposito. Yes. The, oh, the yeah. mom at that parent support at group. The single too. Parent, I loved her yeah. character. Also, I used to have the huge hots for her. What show was she on from the 90s? Spin City? Did I just make Not that Spin up? City. Was she on Spin City? I don't know. We we're going over time, so we should. Yeah. We're going to we're going to cut that. Probably. We're never cutting Spin City. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks stoners for sticking with us for chatting, well, listening to us chat about Weedin TV. And you can find us um, after you listen to this on TikTok at Broccoli Broads, on Instagram at Stoner Chicks Podcast, on Facebook, on Twitter at Stoner Chicks Pod. You can visit our official website, stonerchickspodcast.com, where you can join our email list or buy a t shirt. (gasps) Uh, You could also write us a letter at P.O. Box 80586, Seattle, WA 98108. And you can email us your high thoughts at stonerchickspodcast at gmail.com. And if you like what you're hearing and you want to help us out, go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Please leave us reviews there. It really helps bump us up in the algorithm so that we can have even more stoner chick friends. And then we can all have sessions together. And it's going to be so cool. So cool. And that's all. Hey, Gracie Doodle Dandy, (laughs) what do stoner chicks always say? Put one weed foot in front of the other. Mm, That's deep. Love it. Bye, y'all. Smoke you. Thank you for listening to the Stoner Chicks Podcast. We want to thank our editor, Shari Junko, the composer of our theme music, Jessica Damari, and Ben Redder and AJ Dent for creating our rad cover art. Email us your high thoughts at stonerchickspodcast at gmail. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Stoner Chicks Podcast. Bye.